You're listening to Little Girl Dreams, a podcast by Chelsea Reed. Join me to talk about the disability and the support from family, friends, and the rehabilitation team. Hi, guys. So today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Sammy. So can you please introduce yourself, Sammy? Hi, um, nice to meet you. Thank you for asking me to be here. So I am Sammy and I'm the founder of um, Beauty in the Brain. And um, I think we connected, didn't we, because um, of my personal story, um, having had brain surgery and a stroke. Um, So, yeah. Can you please um, explain your brain tumour? Yeah, so when I was um, 18, I had um, headaches, um, and that's how I went to the doctors, um, and they just sent me for an MRI scan to kind of rule anything out, um, and actually what they found was a brain tumour, so it was a polycystic astrocytoma, and yep. um, they told me it had probably been found by chance, it wouldn't ever change. Um, but they kind of just um, sent, like kept monitoring me every single year to make sure that it remained stable, which it did. Yep. Um, and then on my last scan, um, when I was due to be discharged, it grew, so it doubled in volume. And that's kind of how I ended up having brain surgery. Um, so how old are you now? I'm 20. How old am I? Yeah, tw- like yeah right I'm now. 27 now. Um so I was 18 when they found it, and when I yep. had the surgery, I was uh, 25, just so yep. just two years ago, um, which is crazy because actually that sounds like a really long time. But when yeah, it is. Yeah, but when you're recovering from like a stroke spill, I'm still very much in the recovery process. Yeah. So I think when I tell people it's been two years, they kind of just think it's just over and done with. Um, yeah, but actually, for me, it's like far from the case. Like I'm still yeah. having my surgery tomorrow. I'm like my smile is still growing. Um, so yeah, all these complications and knock-on effects. Yeah, yeah. So when the doctor said, "Okay, you're having a surgery," what the, what the time difference between finding out you're having a surgery and then going to the surgery? Well, that was actually my fault that it was like delayed um, because so I found out in uh, Birmingham, which is kind of back home where my uh, mom lives. In the UK, sorry. Yeah, in the UK. Um, And so I was, but I I now live in London, um, so like in a different city. And so I went back to Birmingham because that's where all my scans have been since I was 18. Oh, okay. he wanted to do the surgery there and then, but quite rashly, I just asked him, like, instantly. I couldn't even, like, process anything else that he was yeah. saying. I wanted him to, I was like, fine, my, my first reaction was, okay, we'll just transfer everything to London. Like, that to yeah. me felt like the only part of, like, control that I had on the, the situation. And to be like, well, my life is there. Yeah, my life is there now. Um, so I want the surgery to be there, which is really silly actually because all my friends and family and everything and like everyone was back home in Birmingham um yeah. and I actually I moved there, uh, back home to recover after my surgery so it was very silly actually that I had it in London yeah um, so what how long is the drive for London to Birmingham uh it's about two and a half hours three hours oh, to yeah. my parents house um yeah. which 
it, it's okay. Um, well, actually, I mean, I say it was silly, but then all my kind of post-op um, appointments and scans, where I still have all the time, have all been in oh. London because they have to be near me. Um, yeah. And they did say that to me. So when I was preparing for the surgery, I was having, they didn't know how quick the tumour was growing. So I was having scans every three to six months. Um, yeah. And so actually it made sense for me to be in London opposed to work. But because I asked him to do that, it was very much a case that he had to then write a letter to another doctor in London. That was all going through. Um, so that took a few months. Um, so my actual surgery was six months later. Six, but, oh, wow. Were yeah. you nervous? Yeah. So I had six months of preparing for it. And I actually, I wasn't nervous, weirdly. Um, yeah. But, so, again, my own fault. So we've got private healthcare at work. Um, yeah. So in the January, I was like, okay, this is going to... My, my appointment with the NHS doctor eventually came through and he sent that letter and that was in the April. But again, that was four months to wait. So I kind of um, took it upon myself to... Um, go to some private healthcare and ask to have a consultation with a private surgeon just to see yeah. what they said and I was just expecting him to say okay come in and I'll like we'll do the surgery straight away um, but actually what I found out afterwards was that he didn't have um, my whole notes or my whole history oh. and so what he saw at that appointment was only one scan and of course then he was saying to me I don't think you should have the surgery I'm not sure I want to do the surgery for you just totally yeah, right no, you just got really confused about the doctors yeah. he was like I'm gonna ruin your life like he was really negative but really oh my god yeah he was like, I don't even think I want your life in my hands as a well 24 year old because I was 24 at the time and what? everything was saying to me I was like oh my god I can't believe this is the situation that I'm in now because I was yeah. so expecting it um, yeah. and I had two weeks until I saw him again um so in those two weeks I he was he was basically making out like I was making this decision on my, like you know he was like you really need to think about the decision I'm like yeah. I don't I've not chosen to be in this situation <laughs> I've been told I need the surgery like <laughs> yeah help me but, um that's how I ended up meeting with range test because it was in those two weeks that I reached out to them and I was like look I just really need someone to talk to like no one knew about the surgery at the time or the tumour um, other than my mom, and she was also really stressed. And so I was just like, Look, I need to speak to somebody. I need someone to help me make this decision. And yeah. um, they really kindly sent me for another consultation with another surgeon to kind of get that um, validation again. Um, yeah. Because I, I now had one surgeon saying do it, one surgeon saying don't do it. Oh, absolutely. And, it's just yeah, confusing. And, yeah, and until my um, actual uh, NHS appointment in April um, with the surgeon that eventually did the surgery, yeah. within those months, I was uh, lost thinking, oh, my God, I can't make this decision. Like, do I or don't I? Um, yeah. Yeah. So they were really good in that sense and sent me for another um, consultation. Yeah, yeah. So you said on Instagram you had a operation and you woke up and you – um got during the surgery you had a stroke is that right yeah so can you tell me about your stroke and um did you have left side or right side of the brain like 
so it was the left side of my brain which affected the right side of my body yeah yeah and um I didn't know it was a stroke they didn't know it was a stroke no one knew Um, but when I woke up it was (laughs) I remember so clearly I couldn't see a thing I was lying in bed and I couldn't see but then when I went to voice it to the nurses I also realized I couldn't speak properly so you have aphasia yeah but I couldn't necessarily I didn't have time to focus on my face or not me as feet because I was just so panicked about my eyes and so I managed to say to the nurse look I I can't see I really can't see you have to help me and I remember she was stroking my hair just saying it's just the anesthetic Samantha it will wear off you'll be okay and I was like no you don't understand I can't see a thing and they eventually listened to me and they saw my eyes moving so when I'm in directions my eyes flicker with a stagger and they saw that and I, I remember I was trying to blink them so hard into clarity like I remember it so vividly and yeah. I couldn't but I could just make out their like figures and I saw the one surgeon the register with his like hand on his mouth as if to say like oh I don't know what's happened here and yeah. I was like panicked so I was like oh no that I I remember saying to him that that doesn't seem good that's not a good reaction and they were just like don't worry don't worry it's fine but um because of that my sister and my mom afterwards told me I was in the recovery room the theatre for like hours afterwards like longer than I should have been um and then obviously I was in intensive care for 10 days which it should have been you know my surgeon wrote me a lesson before saying it'll all be fine you'll be back home within three days um really so when did you actually find out like how many days well so well it's kind of the next well I kept my eyes covered for three days like I really couldn't see it yeah I couldn't focus I couldn't see at all and then um when I could eventually kind of take the cloth off my eyes um I could see a little bit but the movement was just too much to kind of take in and it made me feel so sick um so I went to the opticians which is in the hospital as well and just got patched over the one eye um, just one eye or both of your well, eyes well that's the thing so at the, at the time it was kind of I couldn't it's both eyes now but at the time I was like it's definitely this eye but then when I'd patch the one eye I was like no it's this eye and I couldn't because <laughs> I didn't yeah. know it was both eyes yeah. so, I, so everyone thought so everyone like still now refers to like my good eye and my bad eye I'm like there is no good eye and bad eye they're the same <laughs> <laughs> They are both the same, but I could literally see the eye and like both has the same effect. Um, but no, so it was it was three days that I was eventually kind of taking the cloth from my eyes and I was just trying to kind of um like navigate the movement and you know and then my the doctors told me you know because you can so basically my nystagmus was all over my eyes like it was left right center. But then yep. within three days, when I took the cloth off, it was just left or right, which it is now. Um, so my central gaze is very stable, which is really good. Um, but because of because of that, they were like, okay, well, it's obviously improving. So this is a good sign. This is great. We'll give it ten days. Um, ten days came, still no improvement. They were like, okay, this will this will take three weeks. 
So, okay, three weeks came, still no improvement. They were like, okay, come back in six to nine months. And six to nine months, never improved. So I was like, okay, so, and then now they say to me, okay, well, now it's permanent. I'm like, you just don't know, do you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, well, I'm such a goodie hood, but um, they, they did then say to me, we really just can't tell anything until your six-month scan. So when I had the scan the following December, after my surgery, they were like, okay, they confirmed it was a stroke. Um, they, they, they put it on my notes. They thought it was a stroke, but then they really confirmed it on the scan because of like the white mass that they saw in my brain and things. Well, yeah, and again, like you had a brain tumor, so it's yeah. hard to, hard to tell the difference. Yeah, like now um, they see with with my face, for example. Um, all this time, I thought my facial paralysis was because of the stroke as well. They were like, okay, it's nothing to do with it um, because they now know that because I had a cross-facial nerve graft last September, so it's been a year tomorrow, and um, because that's improving, so what they did, they took the nerve from my leg and they attached it to my upper lip. Um, is that, is that the, sorry, is that the facial recon? Yes. Recon, yeah. I, I was wondering that because it's like, facial paralysis and then you got oh, yeah, an operation how long have you got so you have you got um facial paralysis yeah and then you got a surgery called i, I wrote it down um facial pe- can you explain facial paralysis pre- i can't word it <laughs> Yeah, so um, so I had so basically uh, in February following my surgery, yeah, I had a uh, schwarzma surgery. So I had, well, I still have it now, uh, double vision as well as the nystagmus. Um, so I had surgery to correct that out with my eyes. Um, so now I only see double from a distance rather than double close to. And again, I thought that was kind of the end of my problems. But then yeah. I was having this, like, obviously my facial palsy was still going on from all these. And I yeah. thought it was because of my stroke that all these complications had, like, arisen. Yeah. And actually, with the eyes, that is, someone, like, someone else that I've spoken to that's had this brain tumour, they didn't have the um, stroke that I had, but they did have the problem with the eyes. So that makes me think that my like eye issues would have been inevitable anyway because that's quite common with the straight uh, with the tumor that we had yeah because it's in the cerebellum which was like affects like coordination balance um so that's one issue but then um <laughs> with like the stroke as well so I was having I still thought that my face hadn't fully recovered from the stroke so I was seeing a facial therapist all year who was telling me to do like stretches um you for know, what for example like um just like putting your thumb inside your cheek and really and it is crazy actually I still do that no. now not on the side that I've had the surgery now that I have to do it on the other side to kind of um remove any knots that you have what um, it's really crazy because it was so painful to do that so and it still yeah. is now so I know when I do that and there is knots that you know the more that I do that my face will um it's higher than it should be and it's tighter than it should be because I've been using it so stretching it actually makes it kind of looser 
Um, yeah. So I think everyone should do that. Actually, um, a friend of mine was saying the other week that they paid like ninety pounds in London. There's a face clinic that does that for not like <laughs> <laughs> just purely cosmetic. And I was like, I know how to do that. I know all the time. Totally me. They pay ninety pounds for it. Like, I can tell you what to do. Um, oh my god! So yeah, I was doing that all year, and my recovery my natural recovery in my face was actually so much better. Um, my face really kind of improved. And I don't know if you've seen on my blog or um, Instagram and put pictures on. Mm-hmm. And so in that, in the July of last year, um, my face therapist was like, okay, well, we should say to the, the surgeon now to um, kind of get added to the list if you ever need surgery. And I was yep. like, well, hang on a minute. Th- my face is good, no? Like this is, it's looking like it's going to improve. And she was like, yeah, but there was no harm being added to the list because our National Health Service here just takes so long. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, I just thought I'd have that consultation with him. I wouldn't ever need surgery. It's just like a protocol that they're doing. And um, she sent me to the surgeon. And there are basically three kind of surgery options that you can have. Um, what I had was like, they call it the first step. So like really kind of um bad facial palsy that is like past recovery they do a muscle transfer instead where they take the muscle oh. from your eye and attach that to your leg whereas for me they just took the nerve because I basically the surgeon in order to determine what surgery he wanted to do he was like I need to send you for an EMG test which is yep. where they stick needles in your face and just test the movements um so oh wow yeah you know, they they she stuck needles here and there in my face and was like okay smile now and um close your eye and just, they just see how much movement you've got and wow. I was due to see him two weeks after that to get my results from him but he rang me the next day and he was like Samantha your um results have come back and you literally have a two-month window to do anything about this before you lose all nerve activity altogether so what? of course I was like, what the hell? Because I, my face looked like it was improving. Uh, my facial therapist thought it was really good as well. Um, but obviously my results, like, it was kind of, in that moment, I was like, oh, God, like, the way that he was presenting it to me was like, time is of the essence. It was so yeah. And this was in the end of July, and he, he put me in for the surgery within, like, two months. So I had the yeah. surgery in September. Um, so I had no time to think about it. I was actually a little bit um kind of I just was in such shock and disbelief because I really really didn't think that I would need another surgery not on my face like in a million years yeah yeah Um, and so many operations like yeah and then um well he also said to me um at the consultation he was like this surgery that you're having has never been done in the UK before um oh that's right I see that he was like it's only been done three times in the entire world so I was like hang on a minute I would be the fourth in the entire world and the first here he was like yeah were you like nervous yes I was really nervous but he was like don't worry he was like you know we've we've done other first uh surgeries here like we're quite a pioneering surgery um a hospital I was like that doesn't matter because like you like this is just one man in the world and I'm just yeah. in your face and I was like oh my god I don't know about this the, the fact that he said to me you know time's of the essence you've only got two months to do anything about this um I knew I wasn't happy 
um, with the way, you know, my face not fully moving. And I thought if I have to live with that, it's kind of, to me, it was very much take the risk or lose the chance. And that moment I was just like surrendered to just do whatever you can, basically. Yeah. This, this yeah. is my option and you just need to go ahead and do it. And because he'd never done it before, um, obviously all my family back home were like, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say unsupported, they were very supportive when I had the surgery, but initially though everyone was urging me not to go ahead with it. And yeah, and I was like, well, that's so easy for anyone else to say. Um, And obviously it's a very daunting decision to make when you're in a situation that I don't have. My other option isn't a lovely smile, unfortunately, or loads of expression like you all have. Like, you know, I was trying to say to them, like, you don't know what you would do in my situation. Um, I kind of in order to reclaim this of expression if I've got the chance to um yeah. and obviously it worked out now like you know a year later it's still not fully um kicked in he said it could take kind of 18 months to two years to fully really um so I'm very much in the even though you know it's been a year early me, days yeah it's early days yeah exactly um so I can smile when I bite down so that he did two surgeries one was kind of they call it bite smile where they move your bite muscle to power your smile um so he likes to refer to it as you know someone basically when I have the stroke um he says that someone left the room basically you know like <laughs> I can't I can't like say his analogy his analogies are amazing like he gives such good analogies but he's basically saying that someone left the room you know you couldn't smile without the support so what he's done is he's just um made it possible for when you go into the room rather than smile initially you just become the light switch so now, <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was like thanks for that so now I can smile when I'm bite down which is uh, what he refers to as like switched on the light switch <laughs> just after then I can't smile and then when it's on I can um oh that's so good <laughs> Um, so what is your physical impairments for after your stroke? So after my stroke, I, um, well, this is, this is another thing. So I had, um, obviously right side of weakness. Yeah. Because can of, you walk? Like, yeah, I can walk. I couldn't. Um, so I had yeah. daily physio, learned to walk again, learned to rise again. Um, I couldn't like feed myself for a while. Um, yeah. I had to basically learn to do everything again. Um, and then, well, my tumour, because it's in the cerebellum, that affects coordination and balance. So when yeah. I with balance and walking and things, and sometimes I still do struggle with balance for certain activities. Same, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, now it's because I'm, I've got my physical strength back um, yeah. in terms of like working out all the time and I can write, and, but my hand aches when I write for too long. And yeah. I now no longer think it's necessarily because of the stroke. And I wonder whether it's just I would have inevitably had that anyway uh, because my tumour was in cerebellum, which um, affects like coordination balance. So my coordination yeah. in the right arm is slower. And I don't necessarily now think that's a weakness in my arm. I think it's just a coordination. Yeah. You don't know about it. It's just so hard to figure it out. It's hard to know whether it's, you know, stroke-related or tumor-related or it's very different. The side feels different to me. It feels heavier when I I walk with it in my leg. Um, Others don't notice it. 
they tell me it's completely fine but for me it feels like heavy I feel like very aware of my um, right leg and like I said writing for too long my wrist starts to ache and my hand aches and it never did really that's so weird because me it's my my um, left side of my body is like lighter oh really yeah that's the side that you had the stroke on well I had sorry I had left side stroke with my right side affected Oh, yeah, and your right side feels lighter, you say? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which just make me actually wonder whether mine now is coordination related. Yeah. So when I feel heavier and I can feel it, I wonder whether it's just it's just not fully in sync with the other side. So yeah. So maybe it's not straight related anymore. It's maybe just coordination related. I don't know. I, like, who knows? Don't, yeah, like, knows? take don't it from me. <laughs> knows yeah yeah so you have aphasia yeah can you like what happened when you first found out like did you speak like can you speak well like obviously but like can you write can you read like yeah so these are all things I couldn't do in the hospital so um again it's very much well they were like well if you can't see you can't write and you can't you know yeah yeah. when I took the cloth off my eyes and they were better um I put those on Instagram actually when I wrote my journal I keep a journal every single day yeah and when I wrote in it like I knew exactly what I was going to say and the pet it was just coming out like oh my god this is not my handwriting and it was just yeah. so weird because I was functioning my brain was like functioning well I knew what I was saying but my hand was just not writing and it was so frustrating um I then had like my mom was setting homework where she was like writing simple sentences as you would for like a child at school yeah yeah she was like like the cat sat on the mat when we went home like (laughs) copying her like three or four times and she was like sitting down like let's do let's do some writing now and like setting it as like homework and um I'm actually so grateful for that now because when I look at my handwriting it's very much I couldn't even write the alphabet and then I couldn't write on the line and then it was just like I was thinking too hard about just making out certain letters but now I kind of like even though my writing to me isn't what it was before no one else would notice and yeah it's amazing really that I can just write you know and walk again and you know do all these things but um it was very much because of my facial palsy at the time again my face straight after my stroke and the surgery it was so swollen um that essentially when I was when I was trying to tell the nurses that I couldn't see um I was very aware of the fact I also couldn't speak well and yeah I just didn't have time to focus on that because at that time like my eyes were more important to me um so and then when I could focus on that I you know just I always say to people now like getting like the attention of the nurses I remember like sobbing in the bed because the nurses were amazing but they couldn't yeah. hear me. So when I was like calling them, they were far away. Uh, it the sound wasn't coming out and it was just so scary. I couldn't see, I couldn't really speak. And I always remember there was a woman in there was only four of us um in yeah. the intensive care unit, but the woman in the bed opposite me like just heard me like crying out for these nurses and she like gratefully got them for me. She was like, excuse me, like she really needs your help. Um, and then uh, they gave, then they gave me better. Um, but that that time I just couldn't 
you know no one could understand me I had um speech and language therapy as well with daily physio when I went home yeah um, because my like voice well not necessarily my voice but my ability to kind of speak and say words was just really affected with the fact that yeah. my mouth was really swollen I wasn't used to like speaking like the one side um so there was yeah. all these different things and that's what made eating difficult um yeah so again like I still kind of use a little spoon now because I kind of got into the habit of thinking well you know straight after my surgery and then up to the last two years uh, my mouth just couldn't open wide enough to even use a big spoon but I still just out of habit even though it probably could now use a little spoon for like little situations like that and um yeah you know just you really adapt to certain things don't you to yeah um you have started a business called yeah. Little, I mean, Beauty yeah, sure. in the Brains. Pardon? Yeah. That's yours, Little. Yeah, Little, little no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you explain why and, like, what inspired you to start it? So, yeah, so basically uh, Beauty in the Brain started originally as a blog. Um, so... Nobody knew about my tumour or the surgery that I was about to have, other than obviously my mom and like my stepdad and things. Um, and I knew that when people did find out, that it would become quite a shock to them. But I also yeah. just didn't want to um, like consume my daily conversations with how are you doing and kind of answer oh, all yeah. the messages. So originally, I had the idea for a blog to just put out mass updates. Um, so you know family and friends I could just direct them to that and say thank you for asking but just read on here because it's so much easier um but then also it like it never intended to be a business but I think it was around sort of March I was really struggling when I had that um private surgeon that gave me the really kind of negative like you know consultation it was after that that my favourite uh, mantra is something good is about to happen because yeah. like, even if something's just terrible and even if everything's like weighing on your shoulders, just believing that, you know, something good is about to happen kind of makes you feel that excitement. You don't even know what it can be, but it's that it puts you in that excited state which just changes everything and yeah. just makes everything easier and just kind of gives you that hope. And so... I actually inscribed that onto a bangle because I wanted something subtle. Um, obviously, I was at work every single day and I couldn't put things around my desk without my colleagues like knowing. So I just I inscribed, oh. yeah. So I just inscribed it onto bangle so I could just glance down in like a moment of like panic, and it was my kind of savior. It was the oh only like God. really like nice meal. No one knew, and I couldn't tell anyone, and it just kind of made me like center again when I was like freaking out, worrying and yeah. then so then I had this idea for this blog and I write every day anyway so I was like writing down my experience and writing how I feel like, in my journal though and yeah. actually it was such a nice distraction it became such a good distraction because I couldn't um sleep for like the longest time you know I was like I don't think I'm a worrier um and I don't recall worrying at night but the fact that I was up every single night and not sleeping was like okay well this is like subconsciously affecting me um yeah I would have like random outbursts and things and not telling anyone and weirdly um kind of you know in those times I'd take myself out you know out of my bedroom I don't want to like, associate that with like not being able to sleep I'd go downstairs and 
I'd find myself drawn to kind of working on this blog and you know I have a designer friend and I was like okay well will you just design me this logo and I was like really really oh, loving yeah. it at the time like, like the website was on WordPress and I was just really loving like you know uh d- designing it and just doing the header and doing like the color scheme and the typography and all these different things and it became such a good distraction that I was like okay well I was actually sat waiting for an MRI scan um in the April and I glanced at my bangle as I always did at that time and I was like you know yeah. what I could really just sell these to the people and at the time brain stress had massively helped me and I was thinking of ways I I just um agreed to go on a 50 mile walk for them to raise money for them and I was thinking of yeah. ways to raise even more money for them and that's when I just kind of thought you know I'll just like mass reduce these and sell them to the people and raise the brain interest and it kind of gave me a really lovely distraction as well and um, that's just what it's really wow and the I really like the um name do you that's good yeah (laughs) (laughs) I always think of the name the reason I'm laughing is because I if I knew I said this to someone as well the other day but if I knew it was going to be like a business and a brand, I might not necessarily have gone with that name. But because yeah. it was a blog and it was it made sense to me, I went with that at the time because beauty in the brain to me, kind of when I thought about it, it symbolised the fact that although it was like a incredibly difficult situation, you can't even like fathom, you know, looking back at myself, like being told that, that so much, like, I know this is really like, you know, a bit cringe, but so much beauty really came out that time. I met so many people, like, I oh, connected with and it changed my perspective, and I actually had the best time, like, um, preparing for that surgery in terms of the stories that I was listening to from people and, like, sharing with them, and just really, yeah. and it just honestly just, like, changed my life completely, and that's why, to me, like, there was... I always say there was beauty in the brain and I was referring yeah. to like, the beauty as my tumour. Um, and so that's how that name came about. But then obviously selling race and things, I don't necessarily think I'm great for a blog, but, <laughs> 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 but no, it's really, it, it kind of really symbolises my whole journey and it really um, makes sense now for the whole, you know, brand. And it's, yeah, yeah. I do, I do that as well. And it's just, I was listening to a podcast today and it said something about the, like, you don't understand the brain till you have a trauma. And it's just like, that is very, very true because like me, like before my stroke, I have no, I didn't think about my brain ever. And now it's just like, it makes the whole world revolve on my brain and my heart. Like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and do you know, that is so true. Um, I did so much research as well, like not knowingly, but, you know, just over the last two years, like reading up on the brain and listening to books about it and trying to recover. And the brain is such an amazing, like, instrument. Honestly, it can just, like, the way that it can just rewire itself. And Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's just fascinating. And when you actually know about it and you learn about it, it's just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And the neuros is like... Even the neuro doctor said, I don't know, like, maybe this or maybe that. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, why you know neuro? <laughs> it's scary that they don't know, but, you know, it's, yeah. Um, and can you buy your products in Australia? 
yeah so i ship worldwide um Perfect. so yeah so you'll be pleased to know i saw them. but yeah I ship worldwide. um and then there's obviously you know um physical products on there like t-shirts and bangles and jewelry yeah. like you know different kinds of jewelry and um, but also i launched a um digital course earlier this year as well on like mindsets and habit formations and things so um oh, that's really that. yeah with different like printables and things so it's very much um kind of I want it to kind of become a platform of kind of positivity so not necessarily yeah. just products but also um online courses and I'm writing a book at the moment so that will go oh, on yeah. there and, you know just opportunities that's really to- good yeah just and um last question how was your holiday last week because I seen on Instagram it's your first holiday after your operation yeah it was incredible and um you probably also saw on Instagram so when I was on the plane I listened to um podcast episode with um Rachel Hollis on Jay Shetty and she said then I was just literally on, on the plane like you know not looking out the window not really thinking about anything and she said you'll never get to be with this version of yourself again and I thought that was so beautiful and yeah. because of that I was so glad I listened to it in that moment because because of that like my whole holiday the holiday that I had was just so different to the one I probably would have had before I listened to that and it was <laughs> really changed everything I was like wow like you'll never get to be with this version of self game like and I thought that so last uh obviously when I was on the hosp- um, on the holiday I was um I ran for the first time with my friend um who I was with um yeah it was actually like the second time in the whole world that I've like ran but even like more so after my stroke and learning to walk again it was just more kind of it's just more of a goal to me now and a more of a challenge um, to yeah. prove myself that I can do it. And when I was on that run, I was honestly like panting so hard and I was finding it such a challenge. And little things like that, little times like that, I was remembering myself, like you'll never get to be with this version of yourself again. Yeah. And so I was like subconsciously just thinking to myself, okay, well, just enjoy the fact that you're panting because your next run surely will never be as challenging as this one again. Like you will never struggle as much as this it's going to get easier and so I just really use that quote in the back of my head like for everything and it just really you know when I was dancing with my friends and I was worried like before I would have been so self-conscious and nervous of my face oh um, yeah you know the fact that I was with like I was with 20 girls at the end of the holiday on a Hendy, my best friend that oh, yeah. I had made of honour and so you know I wanted to like give her the best time ever but I only knew five of those girls and like she she understands how hard situations like that are for me the fact that they weren't two years ago I was very sociable and outgoing but now obviously you know constantly taking photos and dancing with girls and I was really worried about all these different things but again I was just like you know just don't worry like you know your face will never be this paralyzed again you've had the surgery now it's your smile will get better you know your ability to stand and dance will never be this like unbalanced or wobbly again so just enjoy it like just enjoy everything and I just really yeah. have the best time because of it really yeah do. yeah and even like me as well I was so self-conscious last year like I don't like I don't know why but like I was so like self-conscious and now it's just like I've got to man up and just like be confident like like yeah definitely and I I um I always think as well like you know for example like with me when like you lose my smile it was 
you know, at the time I was so ashamed of that. I never posted any photos or anything um, because I was like worrying too much of what other people would think. And it's actually really silly because I realised now that like my biggest loss, my smile was like also my biggest gain, which is my future. But also that kind of worrying what others think and, you know, assuming that they're going to necessarily like think the worst of you and you know all these like straight complications is actually like belittling them a little bit and their the depth that they could have because actually when you speak to people and you tell them your story they are just so accepting and so like about it and I think it's it just lies with us of instantly climbing up and like worrying what they're going to think but yeah they never think the worst you know they might think but I I really really doubt it (laughs) I mean, I've said I not come across anyone like that anyway, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, and I will link your business in the descriptions. Amazing. And, um, yeah, thank you so much. No, that's fine. Thank you for asking me. And it was so lovely to meet with you and, you know, be on your podcast. So I hope that we can chat again after this. And Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, bye. Thank you, bye.